Whovians, hop in your TARDISes. You're listening to another episode of Dr. Uh, why did we want to see this guy again? <laughs> Remind me. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jordan, and this isn't... These aren't tears. This is victory water. This is victory rain. I'm Sherlock Holmes, and uh, I can't help but notice that you seem to have a pencil on your desk. Does that mean that you have uh, three legs and, and 15 shoes? No, it doesn't. Oh, well, well what, are, you a, are you a funny... Do you have an apple tree at home? Well, I suspect that you quite do. I'm Sam. Uh, uh, and this week we're talking about series... Jordan! Uh, what? <laughs> Literally right before we started, you were like, all right, let's be positive. It's We're having fun. We're having fun. Whovians hop in your TARDISes. Don't turn this episode off. Jordan. Yeah. How's it going besides this episode? Bad, because I had to watch this episode. (laughs) It's not that bad. It's, it's, you know what, I I genuinely thought I'd rather be watching Flux. I thought it was pretty dope. No, no you didn't. By which I mean I think it was written by a dope. By which you mean you'd have to be on dope to like this episode. I'll be honest, I I would rather watch this again than watch Flux again. This one was so fucking cringe. You know, this is, this is, to go back to my food metaphors, this is a very badly seasoned and poorly (laughs) cooked piece of shit. Would but I'd rather, rather eat? eat a badly seasoned, poorly cooked piece of shit than just a really dry, bland piece of chicken. See, I keep saying I don't Flux think that that like, works. Flux I don't stand is like by that. that. You know that like that restaurant that was getting buzz on Twitter because a person went there and it was like foam served out of a sh- oh yeah, Bros, I think it was mouth. called. That's what I imagine Flux is. It's incredibly expensive. It's incredibly bad. Nobody wants any of it. You just want it to be over. This is like, this is just really something, Sam. That's funny you say that that was Flux, because I felt like this episode felt like licking fruit foam out of Stephen Moffat's mouth. This is Series 7. (laughs) No, 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 no. This is Stephen Moffat feeding you fruit foam out of his mouth like he's a mother bird. Right. And this is Series 7, episode Christmas special, The Snowman, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Saul Metstein. This is trash. Um, Yes. And I'm going to say it. Not only is Clara Oswin Oswald... Ah, we went so long without saying Clara. (laughs) Not only is Clara the worst companion we've seen on the show so far, I think she she has actually eclipsed Lady Christina D'Souza as the most fucking Mary Sue-ass self-insert, I hate this companion with all my heart. I would Uh, go as far as to say, not only is she the worst companion we've seen in Doctor (laughs) Who... I have a hard time imagining that she's not the worst character ever made in any TV show. (laughs) I keep going back to that list, those, like, three listicles that I find, which do contain some spoilers, by the way, so be careful. I'm not not Um, looking for them. Of worst companions ranked, where it's like, Graham is the worst- nobody gives a shit about Graham, and then it's like- dare you. Five. Clara Oswald. Many people don't like her, but we thought she was one of the best companions that ever... Oh, also, I well, found out you're wrong, that she's Screen Rant the, or whoever you are. She's one of the longest... She is one of the what? longest enduring companions, so no! we have more chance, more chance than any... No! 
<laughs> this is what's gonna break us. I feel like we need to completely reformat the way we think of this show with like, oh, the time bombs. We're gonna meet James Corden at some point. No, now I'm just, just like, do we get? Oh Clara. god, I don't ever want to see Clara again. <laughs> I hate her. She sucks. So here's the thing about Clara, because we met her before in the Robot of Sherwood, and I and said at bad. the time, I wanted to be fair to Clara. I want it to be Farah to Claire. Let's give her an honest. Let's give her another shake because I was like chance. that whole episode felt like bad fanfic. I wanted no, to believe is... that that was a bad episode for Clara and that we would meet her eventually and she would come across very differently and there and it would be Clara Osman Oswald <laughs> is. I would say, having now met her, this is the episode where she is introduced. There's some weirdness where maybe some other Clara something something, I don't care before this. This is the episode where Clara Oswald is introduced. And I found her, I mean, is she it's more suffer- annoying than than the 11th Doctor at his worst? No. She is as annoying as him at his worst. It's, because what if- she... She defines a new level of his worst. They, together, are the most insufferable duo (laughs) of characters I've ever seen on television. It's like they feed off of each other. They make each other worse. It is a feedback loop of, holy shit, shut up. Clara was bad when she was with the 12th Doctor. But when she's with the eleventh Doctor, it's 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 breaching. It's coming out of my TV. Fucking uh, waffles and sporks are manifesting in my home physically. Laser monkeys. That's the thing that laser monkeys. Laser monkeys. Also, oh my god, Stephen Moffat is not funny. He doesn't know how to tell any (laughs) jokes. He's so. There's like a three minute sketch about a dude touching a worm that makes him forget that he touched the worm, and then he goes to touch the worm again, and it goes on forever. That's really funny, but. I I feel like what my big problem with Clara is, and the thing that makes her fundamentally so much worse than Lady Christina D'Souza ever was, is that Lady Christina D'Souza, while they are in some ways the same character, Christina D'Souza was on paper a badass, epic, noblewoman, cat burglar, agile, talented, good with people, good at everything, etc., etc. So, so, so cool. And the doctor's like, I've finally met my match. You have finally met your match, me. Clara is all of those things, except that there's nothing interesting about her. (laughs) She's, well, no. But also, she's, is she a barmaid or is she a fancy governess? Oh my god, I don't care. Like, everything that she does, the show is like, are you impressed by her? And I'm like, no, "No, she didn't do anything. (laughs) It doesn't earn any of it. And like, this is what fucking kills me. It has the tone of, you're supposed to be like, whoa, dude, she said she was gonna be a governess and then she did, dude. I described this in our Discord as like, okay, I love the Doctor Companion, like, dynamic because you got the Doctor, he's kind of eccentric, he's he's thousand years old, he's like a world, he does all this shit, whatever, he's crazy, he's like really interesting dude. And then you got a normal, but still interesting and complex person who is the relatable character that you can look at and say, ah, this is this is who I you know I I empathize, I empathize with this person and uh, I describe them all the time as like Watson and Holmes 
Like, Sherlock Holmes is this crazy smart, like, detective dude, and then Watson is the, the normal everyman who's there to kind of help out and watch and be and react and and this is like what if there were two sherlock holmes and it's it's also it's also uh it's it's moffat sherlock holmes so they're random <laughs> and quirky and they're making out on my screen in front of me and they're being so toxic uh together <laughs> <laughs> they're making it everyone's problem i hated it i hated it so much i'm not this against so a companion who is like really like big larger than life important etc but we've cool, had those blah, blah, companions blah. and they're great like Ro- that's you know rose was was kind of that like, but again like, it's the fact that it's the fact that claire doesn't do anything she it just acts she, like she's doing something she really forces, cool <laughs> she so forces weird. it upon us she forces it upon us and she does it in ways that don't make any fucking sense like like the, the the fact that she she like stunt jumps on top of a moving horse drawn <laughs> carriage off screen and then pops her head through the it's right. Just like, I was why waiting for the that? reveal that she was Lady Lady Clara de Oswald and yeah. she is like an an assassin from Assassin's Creed She's or whatever. Just that interesting of a person that she can do tricks and stunts. There's and- literally a part where she says, "If I told you my real job, you wouldn't believe me," and it's that she's a tutor. <laughs> it's just terrible um i will clarible. say here clarible i this is the clay era which is what this yes part it's is a sub era within the annoying era <laughs> yeah that's right well i don't even know i don't even know if i would say that every single one of matt smith's episodes is the annoying era um and also i have done some 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 trips down memory lane just to perfectly straighten out the facts and i can now with 100 percent confidence tell you that the last episode of Doctor Who that I watched when I was 14 or whatever years old was Angels Take Manhattan. Okay, so it was the episode before this. I saw the preview for this episode with the new companion. I started watching it, had no fucking clue what was going on, and then I stopped watching Doctor Who forever. (laughs) Strax? Who is Strax? You said, turning Uh the TV off. uh, Sam, I have a question to get us started. Uh Uh-huh. Where are we? And more importantly, when are we? Earth, the Big Apple, England, eighteen forty-two. The big, the big steak and kidney pie. The Gov. big beans. <laughs> the big full English. I do want to say one, one last like high-level thought about this episode before we get into it properly. Is I think part of the reason that I hate this episode so much is that when you strip away the Clara and Doctor of it all. The plot is just fucking stupid and not in a fun way. It just doesn't nothing, make sense. Nothing like happens. I don't know. I'm assuming this is to set up other shit that's going to come up. Oh, which, really? I was as, assuming as, that it wasn't. As we all know, it's my favorite thing that Moffat does is when he tries to make these series long, all encompassing plot arcs that dominate every single moment of the show. Uh, Sorry, I just thought about the end of the episode and I'm going to throw up. <laughs> You don't like it? I hate it. Uh, there's a little and I boy need to remind, I just need to remind you, I need to remind you one more thing before we go. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything for you, because, you know, it's a, our, our first impressions are important. But you see in this episode that the ponds are no longer around, mm-hmm. and the doctor is sad about it. And that's important for us to know. He's in kind of a funk. He's, yeah, he's, he's, and I feel like, for me, I know that we're watching out of order. But this is the third time that I've seen the Doctor's character arc being, he he's keeps losing his companion. companions and he's sad about it. 
And then he's like, well, what if I found someone really annoying who I can feed <laughs> off of and be annoying together? Goodbye, pawns. I don't give a shit about you guys anymore. Anyway. So, so there's a, there's a little boy named Walter. He's making a snowman instead of playing with the other kids. He's very antisocial. And there's a snowman voiced by Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen's in this episode? Who oh, talks man. To, well, he's not in it. He was recording well, this from yeah. home, probably. <laughs> he recorded it on his phone. <laughs> you can hear him driving. They're being silly. No, Wait, he's a professional. He's in yeah, cats. He is a professional. He has no dignity. <laughs> the snowman, voiced by Ian McKellen, talks to him, which won't make any sense later, for the record. The fact that it's voiced by Ian McKellen in this scene does not make any sense yeah, later. Yeah, because it's revealed later that it's being distorted by technology. Blah, blah, Except blah, for blah, now, blah, 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 when blah. it's not. The snowman talks to Walter and says, You don't need those other kids. And Walter's like, Yeah, I don't need those other kids. I, they're silly. And the snowman's like, Yeah, they're, they're silly. silly. And we, we fade forward to adult Walter. 50 years later, he is going to be known as Dr. Simeon for the rest of the episode. And he's got some goons scraping snow off of snowmen into jars. And he takes the snow jars to a big snow globe, which is also voiced by Ian McKellen. It's full of those little, like, polystyrene balls that are being blown around by a big fan. Uh Uh-huh. Which I, yeah. Which you? Oh, I just think about, like, this is a feature from, like, dollar store toys across America. So you like it. I do like it. Okay, actually. I, I did it's like the big the snow globe. I wish I liked the episode. It's maybe the only too. thing about the episode that I like, except the fact that I think it was like kind of well shot and it looks pretty good. It looks a lot better than a lot of. The it looks a lot better than crisps. It looks a lot better than backpack oh, era. I wanted sure. to ask you uh, mm-hmm. because you were talking about how Stephen likes to build his big arcs. Right. Were you referring to Clara stuff, or do you think the quote-unquote great intelligence, great intelligence... You think that's coming back? It kind back. of feels okay. like the great intelligence is coming back, because it didn't get resolved in this episode. That's uh, true, yeah. you're right. There was a part at the end where he's like, great intelligence, huh? Yeah, you're probably right. God damn it. And I, I was hoping more, that it wouldn't be that, but prob- I think you're I mean, right. My biggest, truest fear of It's going to be behind a door that Matt Lucas is watching over. Sam. My biggest, truest fear of all is when you say, are you talking about Clara or the big intelligence? My my biggest fear of all is por que no los dos. What if it's both of those things are connected somehow? She's so cool. She's so important. So he he tells the snow globe, don't worry, all those workers will be taken care of. I told them I'd feed them. Oh, you're not going to kill me, are you, Gov? But I didn't say to whom. And then they get eaten by snowmen. <laughs> oh, what a delicious caprice. Um, and then we see Clara in a tavern being a bar maid, I guess. Mm-hmm. The Rose and um, Crown. Unfortunately for uh, Stephen, uh, the only thing I could think of the entire time watching this episode is a fucking uh, knee slapper of a scene from the hit movie The Snowman, where a guy walks past a snowman and there's no scary face on it, and then the camera pans around to the back of the snowman and there's a scary face on it. <laughs> and that was is basically this the detective the... one. Yeah, this is the I gave you all the clues. Have detective. you seen that movie, or is that just no? Like but a... I've seen the Dan Olson video about it. I have and... watched that, but I don't remember that part uh so yeah clara walks outside and there's an evil looking snowman and the doctor walks by in a top hat and she says excuse me my good man my good gentle sir did you make that snowman because it wasn't here before and he says "Uh, perhaps perhaps the snow has fallen before what perhaps the snow might have memories what 
That just sounds like if Matt Smith voices Stewie Griffin. Perhaps is the it snow possible might that... have memories. Mummy, is it possible that the snow has memories and it remembers falling into the form of a snowman? And Clara's like, that's fucking stupid. And then she introduces herself as Clara, Clara and he says, darkness, that's a nice name. You should keep it, Raven which is quirky. He's so funny. And then, uh, but and then, then he, he, she says, where are you going? Why are you leaving? And he says, those were the days. And he gets in a carriage and leaves. And then inside the carriage, uh, he's on the phone and he's like, I'm never, I'm never going to have another companion. I'm never he's, going to have another companion. He's mommy. on the phone with a lizard lady named Madame Vastra, we will find she's out. She's important, probably. And she's like, oh, did you find another one to take an interest in? And he's like, never again. And then she says... She, uh, one thing that Lady Vas- Vastra, is that her name? Vastra. Madame Vastra. Madame Vastra loves as few words as possible. She hates words. God, she hates one words. One to two words, and she says it always begins with the same two words. And and later, it's only one words, but then the words is, he says, I didn't even say I was the doctor. And then she pops her head through the roof of the carriage because she ran after a horse-drawn carriage and jumped on top of it. In her, <laughs> and yeah, yeah her- as the doctor's on the phone with Madame Vastra, you hear in the background, She's doing BLJs. Uh, and she, in, her, in her, like, 19th century, like, corset... And and skirt, and she's flipping around, and she pops her head through the top, the the sunroof that the carriage has, I guess, and says, "Doctor Who." Why not? And then the, Sher- and then the Sherlock theme pit plays. They mix it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to say also about Madame Vastra. I did catch something on Wikipedia. It's not really spoilers. I just got the name of the group that she's in. Apparently she she and the two other characters we're going to meet are part of the I think it said the Paternoster gang. Oh, I Does do, that ring that, a bell? That, that name rings a bell. All right, there um, we go. But I don't I like when I watched this episode I didn't remember them, but I I like surely I these characters have been pre- in previous episodes. So Dr. Simeon is talking to this guy uh who is Captain Latimer. And, okay, we need to just establish something, because this episode is very poorly told, as a lot of <laughs> Doctor Who is. Mm-hmm. Captain Latimer, it, he doesn't matter. The only thing about him that matters is, is that, that he has a little pond out front of yeah. his house. And in that pond, one year ago, his house's governess, which is like a sort of stay-at-home it's like tutor, a, Ma- Mary Pop- a Mary Poppins A Mary Poppins, type. basically. Uh, his Mary Poppins... <laughs> drowned in the pond uh got frozen when it froze over apparently they never retrieved they never the body out. no she's just in there and i think it's implied that the pond has been frozen ever frozen? since yeah wait did it not thaw in the summer did unclear they just, did, did but, the little kids did little franny and danny look out the window and they're like mommy our governess is floating upside down in the pond can you but, take her out? But Dr. Simeon, who is part of something called the GI Institute, he has some the kind of nebulous authority Institute. that is never really spelled out, but he's using that authority to lay claim to the pond in front of Captain Latimer's house. He says it's That's, ours. And that is 
that, okay? Yeah. Can we move on from this scene, please? Um, we get a scene. This is the weird shit that confused me. Is that Doctor? Never mind. Simeon... Can we go back to the previous scene and not talk about this one? Or let's just <laughs> skip the rest Simeon... of the episode. Oh fuck, this part's great. Oh, are you ready to have your expectations rocked? Okay. I'm ready to feel like a closed-minded son of a bitch. <laughs> so first of all, uh, Doctor Simeon is like encounters these two women in an alleyway, and one of them is is Madame uh, the Veiled Detective, which is Madame Vastra. He just like knows who she is well she's yeah, an because, alien and this lady. is confusing because he says that she is a popular figure in strand magazine which is the magazine that the sherlock holmes stories were published in anyways okay check this shit out so Madame, like, okay fine whatever uh, that doesn't Madame, make sense uh madam velstat um Bastra. from dark souls 2 uh she's there with her like her fr- her friend who is a girl okay with another woman. Okay, like I've, I've set my expectations. How are your expectations? And then, <laughs> so like a then, like a roommate or like sort of a coll- like a a college yeah like a roommate like a roommate or a bestie yeah okay and then, okay uh, so, believe, so they're like they're just like really good friends okay they're uh-huh. friends yeah 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 and then uh, <laughs> and then Doctor Simeon makes a joke like two women together are you doing kissing girlfriend moves and then <laughs> can you imagine and then and then. What? The veiled detective. Mm, Sam. Oh, fool. No way. Madame Velstat no says, actually, we're married. No way. Whoa! My expectations have been subverted. Got him! And, so- it, and it says so much about me, the audience, that I didn't think that they would be married because I don't I know two- anything about them. I see two women I don't know, and then they, I don't, I, this, see, okay, this I- is the thing, this is the thing, <laughs> this is what Stephen Moffat seems to do, is he uses, like, gay characters as, like, a, I bet gotcha. you didn't think that could happen. Stephen Moffat is a is a worm, and he I I wish to cut him in half parody. But if I did that, he would just turn into two more worms. So <laughs> I don't know what to do with him. Is that true? <laughs> I think so. Is that how Stephen know. Moffat works? Yes, that is how Stephen Moffat works. But yeah, and that's what has allowed him to she, take yeah, over British the, television. The Madame Vastra. Oh, speaking like... of which, by the way, speaking of which, uh, my hopes for Shuti Gat was. Fifteenth uh, Doctor have been dashed as Rusty T Davies has announced that Stephen Moffat will be taking a, on a writing role uh, on this series, and I think that 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 that's not I don't like it. So I mean, I did want to say, did we? I, we might have talked about this on the bonus episode of the Mind of Evil mm. Patreon.com slash Potting Bros. It is like you know. Russell T. Davies era with Stephen Moffat writing certain episodes was at the time when people were like, hell yeah. But also, a lot has changed since then. So Stephen we'll Moffat wrote Sherlock, and he also wrote this since he wrote <laughs> uh, since he but, wrote okay. Blink and uh, Doctor Dances. Yeah, she she does this thing because he's like, "Oh, you're being improper with your assistant," and she's like, "Assistant? I think you mean wife, you virgin." Now that I think about it, like right at the end of the episode, Doctor Simeon, they talk about his Victorian values. Are they talking about his homophobia? <laughs> I I have no context. What? And she says, I think that the snow has memories. And Simeon says, interesting. Anyway, winter is coming. Winter is coming. No, he doesn't say that till the end of the episode. He doesn't say that till the end of the episode. No, he does say it here. 
He does say, he does say winter is coming like four times in the episode, which apparently both of us at some point Googled whether or not Game of Thrones was already on TV. I did have to confirm, yes, Game of Thrones was already airing. This is a funny reference, apparently. Uh, Anyway, after he leaves, uh, Vastra says that she's got to ask the doctor for help, and hopefully he helps because he never helps anyone anymore. He's got post-pond depression. I was really bothered by the fact that he didn't have a big bushy beard, to be honest. The doctor? Oh, the doctor? He should have had a big bushy beard. <laughs> to, show, to show that, no, he has to regenerate to grow one of those. Oh, shit. Um, Sam, he should have been Peter Capaldi with a big beard. They've, uh, they, they've been hinting and, and teasing and, and uh, at the Santaran. Yes, I have so witnessed long, my first Santaran, and boy, was this not funny. what I thought it was going to be. They're little, they're, they're, they're little eggs. I expected <laughs> that it would be like one of those like Star Wars lizard people. What are they, the, uh, the, the oh, Trandoshans the or whatever? I must just say, yeah, yeah, Trandoshans. Uh, uh, but no, no this big, is, this is a eggs. big, wide Roblox egg man. <laughs> and uh, I, think thing, it, oh, I think his name actually is Roblox. His name is his name is Stra- Roblox, but his name is actually Strax. But his name is Roblox. And one thing God, I don't know about Strax, folks, is that he is my favorite trope in TV. The funniest thing that a person can be stupid. There was one thing that I did like about Strax was this when he lost his memories. Oh, that was so funny. No, uh, I liked the part toward the end. Because I think it makes sense for what I know of the Santarans, what little I know, which is that apparently their brains are not good, except in combat scenarios when they become very, very, very smart. And right. I, I, I thought that was kind of fun. I, I liked the part where things get tense and he becomes very, like, in control and competent. I thought yeah, that was fine. So, uh, Santarans, if you don't know, are, like, mass-produced clones. They're basically Star Wars clones, but I think they probably existed before Star Wars clones, now that I think about it. Uh, like, I guess I don't know if they were in the in the old era. Surely they're from the old era. But, yeah, Sant- <laughs> uh, but they're very dumb, and they and also he doesn't know what women are, so he keeps calling Clara a heave, because funny, huh? He also um, loves grenades. He says grenades, like, 50 times he says laser. He says they need laser monkeys. Yes, here's the quote, because Random. he says... I suggest a full frontal assault with automated laser monkeys, scalpel mines, and acid. <laughs> Dude, Steven. And, okay, this really bothered me, because the doctor is like, uh, Strax, this is none of our business, I don't, I don't have to help, blah, blah, blah. And Strax is like, you're being very, you're being awfully apathetic, doctor. And the doctor calls him a psychotic potato dwarf. And I just feel like the doctor wouldn't talk about people like that in terms of, like, uh, you're a weird alien. You're a weird shape. You're a weird shape. Like, yeah, you've probably fucked dozens of them. <laughs> he's he's had a he's had a a hundred man Santaran orgy <laughs> like two weeks ago when he went to the Santaran pl- party planet. He's, he's probably better to do. Strax, He's probably Roblox's dad. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I just I do, I just don't feel he's he's been like seeing different aliens for hundreds, maybe thousands at this point of years. I just feel like he wouldn't see a Santar and be like, well, that's but weird. Sam, you're forgetting when Stephen Moffat wants to make a joke about a person's appearance, he's going to go for it. Yeah, he's going to do it. You, you, Watson, you've got a weird nose. So, yeah, we you've find out that the, do- this, the doctor is very jaded. Something clearly happened with the pawns <laughs> that didn't go well. I assume they both he died, never, but who's to he say? Never, he never got that threesome that he wanted. Oh, God. And, <laughs> uh... 
so he he doesn't want to help. He does he doesn't do that anymore. He just wants humanity to die. So he All says, "Okay, we're gonna have to erase this Clara girl's memory so she forgets get she the, ever saw me." Get the worm that go get your the memory go get the memory it. worm Strax, and he walks away, and then he comes back, and he's like, "Hello, sir, what's going on here?" And he's like, "Strax, did you forget to wear the gloves again?" And then it goes on for like four more minutes, yeah. And then apparently this will come up. Later. This is this kills me because like I don't think that this joke is bad, but I think that I think the joke is fine. Once. I think the joke, the joke is fine, is fine as a one-off joke of him walking off and then coming back and saying, I'm sorry, sir, was I doing something? And then and then the doctor could be like, Mem- Shut up! If the doctor was just like, Strax, bring me the memory worm, and don't forget to wear the gloves. And he's like, yes, and he has no oh, idea that he just touched which, the memory worm. Like, that would be kind of funny. We independently had a revelation this week, which is, okay, Doctor doctors have catchphrases, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Z, trust me, bow ties are cool, which he did say this week, by the way, he finally. Uh, we have finally uncovered uh, Matt Smith, 11th Doctor's true actual catchphrase, which is, Sam. Shut up. He tells people to shut up like nineteen times. Yeah, I this thought that week. was just that episode, but no, no I literally I went on the rude. TARDIS wiki and I saw that there was a, a thing that was like the eleventh Doctor has a good natured habit of telling people to shut up when he's thinking. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! He's he's just like Sherlock for real, for real. He's so rude to people. <laughs> Why is he so rude? I don't like. We learned something wanna, important about the memory like worm him. that I wasn't going to write down, and oh, I didn't. But it becomes it very important you, later. If it bites you, you forget your entire adult life. And well, you if, go you, back if to it when, just touches you for a moment, you forget, you forget the, the last, last hour. hour. But if it bites you, you forget decades. This will come up later, or and will then, it? Yes. Uh, so, Claire, this is where we really start to get Clara as the, like, annoying fanfic-type self-insert, like, running yeah, circles like, around the Doctor, because she is standing there watching them try to retrieve the memory worm, and she's just, like, laughing her ass off at them, and the Doctor's so like, funny. Oh, I'm, so smart. I'm, ever, I'm ever so flustered. I just want to say, because, like, the problem, the problem, you know, people use the term Mary Sue in bad faith yes. just, like, constantly. Like, like okay, Ray from Star Wars, they're like, well, how does she know how to beat up a big man with the stick? Who cares? She's such a Mary Sue. This is, like, more so than Lady Christina. This is, uh... This is just the most hyper-competent, intelligent, stunt-doing, she does taekwondo. But she also has her embarrassing side, which is that she's working class. She's poor, and she trips, and she gets stuck through the door. And she looks at a dude's butt in this episode. Do you like that? When she's like, I'm looking at your buttocks, Doctor. I legitimately don't remember that at all. I probably oh, erased it, up it from my mind. Bring, With the memory word! Because, because when... One an, another thing I feel like we're going to see a lot with Stephen Moffat is when a man forces himself on a woman, that's bad. But when a woman forces herself on a man, that's, that's a funny, little fun. Dude. That's funny. That's, that's hilarious. Flirty. That's sexy. Can you imagine? I'd love it, folks. It's really funny. Um, I oh I think God, also I part of the problem is like you know I I think what what when when we talk about like good faith description of a character as a Mary Sue quote unquote. I think the key difference, in my opinion, is that this is it's weird that she's like this because no other companion is like this, and there's no reason that she's like this. It's <laughs> it makes me think about like 
Like Zoe, Zoe from the second, the second Doctor episodes that we watched, she's like a genius. She's got a photographic memory. Leela, she's incredibly Leela's smart and capable. Like, Leela's just killing everything she sees. Right, but those Ace characters, like, like that was that those qualities of their characters were like very clearly defined. Of like, this is who right. this is. It manifests in this way. Clara, I just don't understand what why, her deal why is. Why is she like, oh my god, we are going to get to maybe the most vomit-inducing line from the entire moment of Doctor Who. Is it uh, the final line of the episode? No, it's the thing, that, it's the way that Clara describes the TARDIS. Oh, it made god, me so, so irrationally angry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Getting back on track. Yeah, so she's um, just like laughing at them and being like, oh, you silly boys. And the doctor, meanwhile, he explains uh, his relationship with Strax, which is that Strax gave his life to save a friend of his, which I assume is one of the pawns, and another friend, which I assume is the other of the pawns, <laughs> brought him back. And I said Who in that moment, guess? oh, I guess that's a thing with Santarans because they're clones. Maybe they made a clone and he had, like, no, Strax's memories or something. Like, bring people Surely back they the wouldn't invalidate life or death stakes on this show. Any more than they already have with Time Lords in general, you know? Right. Well, at least the Time Lords, like you said, it's a pre-established thing that they can, uh, they have, they have 12 lives. Surely nobody would pull out a machine later and be like, this is the machine that brings people back from (laughs) the dead. This is the machine that makes you, makes it good, parentheses, your life. Um, okay, so, so Clara then says, I'm not going anywhere until you explain what the snowmen are to me. I'm putting my foot down here. And the doctor's like, well, I'm still planning on erasing your memory, but sure. Um, apparently, so a bunch of snowmen appear. And then the doctor says, don't think about the evil snowman. And she says, that just makes me want to think about it even more. Yeah, he said, okay, so this is the thing that we need to understand about this living snow is it absorbs memories and thoughts telepathically from the people around them. So he says, all the snowmen are popping up because we started talking about them and the snow reacted to your thoughts of the snowmen. So you need to think about the snowmen melting. So she does, and all the snowmen and melt. melt. And I Which, say, by well, the way, that's done that, and dusted. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that the conflict in this episode can be resolved with your imagination because it means there are no stakes. Until Not later, like, it can't. There's literally like, a part yeah. later where they're being attacked you by an ice it. person, not a snow person. And someone says to another character, think about her melting. And the other character goes, I can't. <laughs> literally, the power of a child's imagination was not enough. <laughs> it's not even like, like, okay, okay, let me just put this out there. Writer, we're in the writer's room now. The idea that the monster... Let's get Steven! The, <laughs> kill him! The monster... <laughs> Cut him in half! Wait, no, don't! No, there's two of them! No! Now one can work on Sherlock and one can work on Doctor Who and they can dismantle British pop culture together. <laughs> um, okay. God, the idea curse of a, you, Stephen's Moffat! <laughs> the idea of a, of a monster that is more powerful when you think about it is cool because it's like well then how you stop yourself from thinking about the big scary snowman but then to give yourself that that nuclear option of all i have to do is imagine it melting and it melts that's it picture it naked it'll get so embarrassed that it leaves (laughs) like oh you have to stop thinking think about it's like on that fucking uh the the one time flight part three think about fish and chips (laughs) <laughs> Think about fish and chips, and then the it snow turns, turns into, fish. into fish and chips. Like, okay, you just ruined you ruined it, Moffat. You <laughs> fucked it up. 
anyway, so yeah, they uh, all melt, and then she she coaxes him into a snafu. Oh, she and gets says, his ass. If She's you so, erase so my smart. memory now, I won't remember how to protect myself against the I snowmen. <laughs> Every line that Clara has is delivered with the cadence of a person making DreamWorks face. <laughs> Uh, so he's like, fine, just get out of here, and uh, remember, this isn't my problem. So she, he sends her off in the cab with straps. Oh, here's the dumb fucking part. This is part's fucking stupid. Is it the part where she just gets out of the cab and Strax just yeah, drives off alone? she just gets out, and then she walks, and then the doctor goes to a park, and then he, like, climbs up an invisible ladder into the invisible top of the screen, and then Clara climbs up I thought the that was kind of. Ladder. I thought it looked kind of cool. I guess I kind of like that he's, like, got a way to hide the TARDIS when it's not, but I just feel like there's got- put a cloth over it. Who's gonna notice? Whatever. Uh, Every, everyone's like freaking out. What is that thing? There's a cloth over it! Ah! Is it a big ghost? You say that, but this was before, like, this was pre internet times. Everybody, w- like, they'd see a train on a movie and they'd all die and shit themselves and have a heart attack. That didn't really happen. Uh, anyway, right. Clara climbs up the invisible ladder and then climbs up an invisible spiral staircase that goes up beyond the line of the clouds so they're at like 20,000 feet or whatever. This was which, another, and way, he explains this later he where he's like later. he's it's like oh it's a special staircase. And I was like that's fine. Yeah. I think I think it's the kind of thing that like it it's visually cool her like climbing a spiral staircase into the sky. I thought it was a cool shot. I I didn't I didn't mind it. But this is like the thing about Moffat's TV shows is that they all look good. This is like the problem. Sure, he and I'm and I'm willing to I'm willing to hand it to him when it works. You can for hand me. it to him. There's a part in There's a part in Sherlock where they use the like fucking Wachowski's Matrix camera rotation when Sherlock's like getting pictures. And I'm not going to hand it to them on that one. No, but I'm just saying, Stephen, whoever he has doing his like cinematography, uh, they get they probably get paid the big bucks for a reason. Um, and it does look better than the Chibnall era of like just this just bad. looks like any prestige sci-fi show. It's like always like blue and yellow. It's like all ugh, it really looked like that. Very washed out. Yeah, not Very a fan. Washed out. Not not great. Th- this Anyways. episode, it's colorful. Thank you. Very colorful. Um, and I green. always like there's a green lady. Like, I, She's green. Do you know? I, do you know what this episode made me think of, Sam? Shit. Uh, the most. It, <laughs> like looking at it, it made me think of uh, the the ice. The Ice Fair episode that was also set in Victorian London on a cold winter's winter's <laughs> night, uh-huh. and how much I really liked that episode and liked the doctor. I think we kind and, of and liked that episode. I liked it. I liked Bill, and I liked. All right, liked I'm pulling. Uh, I'm pulling up the receipts. Uh, what rating see. did you give it? <laughs> I thought I gave it like a C plus or a B. You gave it a B minus. Okay, you did like that's, it. That's a good episode. <laughs> I Edit just like point. when they're. I like when they're in in period uh, period times because it's fun. Anyways, uh, Clara gets up to the top of the clouds. You can you can walk on the top of the clouds. It's like Indiana. That's fine. Jones. And then she goes. She sees the TARDIS. It's up there. Also, the TARDIS is all fucked up. Did you notice that? It's all fucked up on the outside. Was it? I I yeah, feel like, like I paints, kind of like, noticed, but didn't notice it enough to like, write it down. The, the paint's all like fucked up. Mm. It looks like the cool, uh, the cool Van Gogh painting that everyone's got on the T-shirt back. In the I day. swear to God, though, I like <laughs> I said this when we watched Rose. I I think the TARDIS legitimately was substantially bigger in the pilot. It looked pretty small by comparison. Yeah. Um, and then she knocks on the door of the TARDIS and then runs around the back. And then the Doctor Who, who apparently has the orb of Santaran brain because he's an idiot, where he like opens the door and he's like hmm who's up here above these clouds knocking on my tardis <laughs> and then he just goes back inside and then she 
she like runs down the stairs but then and then he okay the doctor is a dog now is he, he a dog man her stinky stinky scarf he gives it i i was and he sniffs screaming. it and he goes wow whoever was wearing this smells amazing yeah he's like st- also this never comes up again <laughs> I thought he was going to follow the, the Legend of Zelda Wolf Link stink line trail to Never find Never comes her. up again. Don't know what the point of that was. Follow your nose! Meanwhile, Simeon is pouring more snow into the snow globe, and he says, quote, The drowned woman and the dreaming child will give us form at last. Which sounds very, like, metaphorical and poetic, but very it turns literal. out it's incredibly very literal. Very literal. Uh, Clara it, wakes up uh, in the tavern where she lives and works at, and then she says that she she's like temping there, and she's going to her real job. Yes, and, this and, her, is and the, the tavern owner is like, "Oh, Clara, why you gotta leave us?" And she's like, "I told you I was only filling in for Elsie while she was gone." And he's like, "Why can't you stay a bit longer?" And she's like, "I have work to get back to." And he's like, "What's that work then?" And she says, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. And again, it is that she is a tutor. Was there like a cut scene from this where she's like doing like fucking master of the house? Well, this is why, again, I'm like, I always would rather like if this happened with Christina D'Souza, where she's like, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. And then she puts on her cat suit. Right. Like, like, but we, there's a costume change here where she goes from like her corset, like you can see her her breast uh po- like uh and and she's like all sultry and then she puts on her like Oh Mary yeah, that's Poppins right. There cosplay. is like a close up on her chest as she changes her clothes. Right. And then she puts on her Mary Poppins cosplay and she's practically perfect. Am I just way. missing like Victorian context where a, a Victorian person watching this would be like there's no way. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's I mean, I guess it's like the person the the like bar girl versus the like fancy prim and proper tutor when we I just see don't think it's kids. that cooler but they don't ju- they don't juxtapose it and most infuriatingly there's like a kind of a funny ish i guess moment where the where the boy or the girl is like do your secret voice clara and then she goes oh my god but she doesn't talk like that when she's in the other scene i was she really confused about that and i was like maybe this is just me not having a great ear for british no, accents like, but like she, i really didn't no, notice yeah. that her voice changed i'm no, sure no, it she, did she she's like has a she does like an exaggerated cockney accent which she was never doing in the episode it drove me fucking crazy anyway uh, she's a governess at uh, the house where the Latimer's where the house. ladies yeah. where the ladies been face down in the pond for an entire <laughs> year, stinking up the place. And she uh, greets the maid, who I don't remember if we ever got a name for her. And the maid is like, "Oh, the young master Digby missed you every day." Digby and Fran- Franny and Digby, Francesca and Digby are their names, apparently. I hope both these kids get theirs. Okay, and uh, so she meets with Captain Latimer. This really bothered me, because he's like, Welcome back, Miss Montague. And I was like, okay, I don't remember if I know her last name. It's a fake name? I, I got the sense that she was lying about her last name, which is fine, for some reason. Except that, except when we find out that she's lying about her name for sure, I don't really understand why she was. But I we also like find Montague out later, there's like, a part where, where the doctor says in front of Latimer, like, blah, 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 Clara. And he's like, Clara? 
who's Clara, Miss Montague? And I'm like, wait, so she was also she lying. lying about her first name? You need to establish that how much of her name she's lying about before you reveal. I know, they just know her as Clary- Clarice. Like, why couldn't she be Clara Montague? Why couldn't she be Clara Oswald, even? <laughs> um, also, again, find the, out I that- just, I have to assume I'm missing cultural context, and it's like, no one with the last name Oswald would ever be allowed to be a governess. Is, is there like a strict caste system in the UK? In the, in it's like, like fucking like two hundred uh, years ago. It's like the Messenger and Gathering Blue. The cooler you are and the more respectable you are, the more syllables you get in your name. Is this like? Uh, is this like? Do you go on to the like Daily Mail or the Guardian, and it's like we need to bring back the Britain's name caste system, <laughs> like in the good old days when a governess would never be called Clara. Um, also, <laughs> I was born in the uh, wrong generation. <laughs> also, when Captain, when Oswalds were Oswalds and Montagues were Montagues. When when Captain Lapiter Latimer looks at the camera and he says, "My daughter's been having nightmares, Khaleesi." Do you get it? <laughs> we got. We have to stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yes. Dream, remember the dreaming girl from Checks Watch three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> And there, yeah, there's something here where she's like, "Well, why don't you talk to her about them?" And he's like, "Well, I, I'm, I not, I'm not as pretty not, as you. I mean, good with children as you." I did or not sit down to watch a fucking episode of Mary Poppins or the the Mary Poppins TV show or the Sound of Music, Julie Andrews, uh, Maria. <laughs> TV hour where she's like telling stories, bullshit made up stories to these little kids in this goddamn hour long Doctor Who special that did not need to be an hour. I hate this episode. Well, that's a Christmas Sam. special. Also, okay, uh, Christmas. just another another point in the fucking fanfic self insert character that that Captain Latimer is like getting tongue tied around Claire, and he's like, "You're so beautiful." I mean, professional. Uh, uh, uh. Has he never seen a woman before? No, uh, so Captain Latimer. For he saw dollar. one once, but she was floating face down in a pond in front of his house. <laughs> That's his only point of reference is a dead body. Uh, so no yeah, Clara greets the children, and they're like, "Oh, do your do secret you? voice, Miss Montague." She's like, "Hello." Wait, she has like, to do ah, the. She, what a funny she voice! Does the Can Terry you Green... if some dumb fuck talk like that? She does the Terry Green acting maneuver where you have to hold her. <laughs> Hello, Governor. <laughs> and then she starts weeping. <laughs> um, and then Fran- Fran- Francesca says that her dreams about the dead old uh, the dead woman in the pond that they won't take the body out of the pond that's right outside of her window. She's still having those bad dreams. <laughs> Maybe we should get rid of that like, body. <laughs> Digby's like, I always hated her. She's not like you. She's a mean old woman in it. Have you ever heard about um? Like, they they were called, like, New England vampires. Have you heard about this? No. So there was a time in New England, back in vampire times, literally, when people believed that, like, corpses buried in the ground were quote-unquote vampires that would, like, sap away your vitality. And probably the, the real answer is that they just were, like, not dealing with corpses well enough and people were like getting sick and also there, sure. it was like stressful to have like your your recently deceased daughter buried in the backyard sure but is that this 
this is very much that she's like it's the strangest thing i'm having nightmares about the about the dead governess that's floating in the pond outside i know what it is do you have you ever heard about the corpse men uh i don't know about the corpse men uh when uh it was it was there was a time I believe the way it worked is that they used to give the cadavers of criminals who had been executed to, like, medical schools to practice on. Mm. And then at some point, they stopped doing that. So medical schools would start hiring people to illegally dig up dead bodies from graveyards. Mm. Uh, And so they had to start, like, locking the body in an open-aired cage for the body to decompose enough oh, that it would God. be useless. Yeah. Anyway, the point is is that they left her in the snow so that the corpse men couldn't take her. Here, I've got one more aside. Did you right. hear about this thing recently-ish where people whose, like, parents and grandparents, like, donated their bodies to medical research were finding out, Oh my out, God, they like, were getting, like, blown up oh, or yeah, something? Oh yeah, they put my great-grandpa in a car and blew him up with a rocket launcher. The, like, military did it? I did, and it made me very angry. That is so relevant to this episode, because that's what they're doing with the dead governess. That's what I wish they would do to me when I was watching this episode, yes. So, Digby is like, I hated that old bitch, and, <laughs> and Clara is like, you know, it's the oddest thing. The pond outside is the only thing that hasn't thawed all, all year. year. It's 78 degrees outside and that pond's still frozen. Also, we should mention that it's Christmas Eve and the, and Francesca says that the governess always tells her in her dreams that she'll be back to punish her on Christmas. <laughs> she like fucking... Which, by the way, the... <laughs> The dreams have nothing to do with anything. Is she is the old governess like as a side plot, you know, unexplored in the episode? Is she Freddy Kruegering her way into it this? Seems like the dreams are like pathetic in out, some way, bitch. but this is literally just a child who is traumatized. I'm gonna slash you open. Well, I guess the oh no, okay. So what we find out very soon, so I'll just say it now, is that. We know that the memory snow, not to be confused with the bad. I was going to say, is she she a ReZero fan? Yeah. Uh, Or whichever one. They're the same. They have the same name. I can never remember which one is which. Um, uh, The memory snow is like absorbing because the little girl is like traumatized. The memory snow is absorbing her thoughts about the governess which forces it to take the form of the governess in ice. And that is why the pond is so valuable to the snow globe, because the child's fixation on it is turning it into like a solid form that is more stable than a snowman. Is that it? Uh, is that the I'm plot of the episode? Fo- Sam, I'm, on, I'm on my phone right now. You're, 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 uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, it's not happening, Sam. So, um, uh, yeah, she says that the, the governess will be back to punish her on Christmas. And Digby says that, Digby says, Francesca's gone mad. What we need is a doctor. And Clara and says, <gasps> she makes dream Are you face. thinking I what know. I'm thinking? Say it, Sam. A, a radial, radial tracking, tracking map. map. 
We need to stop referencing our older podcasts no, we don't. one of these days. Yeah. Uh, so Clara has a brain blast, and she goes back to the park, and she's, like, yelling for the doctor. She's like, doctor, doctor! Well, she's, she's trying, trying to, to grab, grab the ladder, the but ladder. she can't find yeah. it because it's not here. And everyone's stopping and staring. And, and then the, the detective's good gal pal friend... Uh, actually, Jordan, that's her huh? goddamn wife. Oh, wait! Women can... Wait, what? How, they can do that? Her name is Jenny, we find out later. So Jenny she shows up and pulls uh, pulls Clara aside and says, This is the... This doctor. Is the, I think this is the third worst scene in the episode. <laughs> doctor who? Who? <laughs> and, then, and then this part fucks me up. Okay, so then Clara... I hate Madame to- Vastra. Yeah, Madame Velstat sucks. And she Everything she says Clara. is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. She does Matrix at her with some drinks. She greets Clara. They take her to, like, Madame Vastra's detective Menagerie. office or whatever She's the hell. Like a, it, it looked like they were in, like, a warm weather climate for some reason. And Vastra introduces herself by saying, and I quote, There are two refreshments in your world, the color of red wine. This, gestures at glass, is not red wine. Is it grape juice? What? What is she? Is, is she drinking blood? blood? Is that's not a refreshment? <laughs> I, I don't, what is she talking? I have no about? idea what that was supposed to mean. Is it beet juice? Uh, so Jenny Anyways. says, "This is Madame Vastra. She's going to ask you some questions, and you, you are to answer, to answer with one word only." And Madame Vastra explains, "Quote: Truth is singular." Lies are words, words, words. Basically, this is just a challenge for Clara to prove how like amazing her brain is uh-huh. she's so in the words of the show she's so clever but like I, I, I don't know i mean this particular scene even though i think the setup of it is ridiculous like I, you know it's it's a doctor who alien i don't mind them being weird and yeah stupid. oh by the way but like uh, what uh, I, what i, I want to say is this scene where like the new companion is like put to some kind of test of like whether they're worthy to adventure with the doctor like you know that's that's kind of a staple i feel like I don't mind I don't, that. I don't feel like the doctor ever made her do a jo- uh, made a companion do a job interview. I think they usually kind of got to know each other because the doctor, the companion, kind of falls into an adventure with the doctor, and the doctor takes a shine to the companion. And sure, then and I think the, this is just sort of a no, different iteration a, of that. I think it's kind of a I think fun... it's especially annoying because Madame Vastra is especially annoying, and it doesn't help this that Clara is, like is Clara. The doctor is doing some kind of Google style job interview for her. That's like a riddle. Like, but this you... is the thing though: is he. He, he, this isn't his thing. This is Madame Vastra being weird and being yeah. like a weird gatekeeper of the doctor. Also, 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 uh, the way that she gets the job is she says a word that means nothing to her, but means a lot to the doctor. But that, she doesn't know that it. That kills me. That she, kills me. That does not work at all. She just got lucky. Um, and then also, also, I was going to say another thing, but I forgot what it is. Oh, no. Okay, I'll, I'll bring it up if yeah. I remember. Anyway, all I wanted to say is if it was different... And if this test was being given by some weird alien lady to, like, Yaz, and then the alien lady is like, you are worthy to meet the Dr. Jody Uwitaker, then I would be like, well, that was weird and stupid, but okay, fine. I, I think the, it's, it's amplified by the fact that it's Clara and it's a really annoying episode. But I, I don't hate this conceptually. I just don't think this would ever happen with anyone else. This is weird. Well, it doesn't make any you're sense. probably wrong. I'm sure that it's happened again. And I don't like the fact. I don't point. like the fact. I don't like the fact that like the doctor is being gatekeeped from his own companion. Like 
can they not just meet and have a fun adventure together? Is that too much to ask, Moffat? Do you need to fucking... <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't mind that the Doctor is in the middle of some kind of arc. I do mind, though, that the arc is seemingly one episode long. <laughs> the fact that, like, the fact that she's like, okay, what are your best and worst qualities? Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> oh, gosh. Years? Well, I guess I'm just so hot and interesting that I really make other people, like... F- I'm so hot and cool that everyone just feels kind of embarrassed to be around me because I'm so much cooler than them. <laughs> okay, so here's what happens. So, the, it's it's like, how do you feel about the doctor? Curious. What do you want from him? Help. Why do you need his help? Danger. Why would he help you? Kindness. Blah, blah, blah. And Vastra is like, he was kind once, but he was changed by the losses he suffered. I think she calls him a savior at some point in this, which is really She cool. does. Oh, yeah. You know how I, you know me, I, you know what, I love a lot of things. And, you know, we love to use uh, act air words to describe the doctor. He's a traveler. He's a tourist. He's a vagabond. He's a, he's a, he does, you know, he's a cosmic he's a hobo. Sh- Cosmic Hobo, uh, Savior, basically a god, prostrate yourself in front of him, uh, please. <laughs> also, I do want to reiterate, I know I said this earlier, but this is literally the same state that the Tenth Doctor was in when he met Christina D'Souza. <laughs> also- I could like, never have like, another companion again, but then I met this incredibly interesting woman. <laughs> I don't see, I don't personally think it's a problem that the Doctor's going through, like, sad times after he loses a companion. I think that makes sense for him. Sure, I just feel like they don't need to do that with every Doctor. <laughs> they don't need to do that with every Doctor, but, uh, but, and I also think it's really funny that presumably, like, it was the t- <laughs> Is there a scene? I'm not to disrespect Graham and Ryan, who I really like. I really like Graham and Ryan. But are you going to tell me that there's a scene where she's like, she's fucking Smithers in his apartment during Who Shot Mr. Burns, like shattered glass everywhere, cigarettes, and she's like, I miss Graham and Ryan. And then Dan, the nice man, shows up and smiles nicely upon her and it cheers her up. Yes. I don't, (laughs) I think that. Ah, whatever. I think that's exactly what happens in the first episode of Flux. I think you're probably right. (laughs) So, uh, Vastra says, she she kind of vaguely uh, explains her relationship and their relationship with the Doctor, which is, while the Doctor is, like, isolating himself like this, she and her friends, Roblox and Jenny, her her wife, damn it, uh they <laughs> assist pal. him in his isolation but they do not approve of it so so we get the sense like she's hoping that something will pull him out of this funk uh so she gives clara one last test i will pass along a message to the doctor explaining why he should help you but you have to do it in one word and still you have to do it no you can't use the letter e and she's also. like and she's like i know what you're thinking clara there's no one word that could get him to help you there's she, no one word she doesn't but the god let's she see says let's see if the gods side. are with you and the and doctor then, gets a phone call and vastra says i have a message for you from clara oh my god. she says pond and the doctor's like, whoa. And I'm like, well, there's no way she knew about the ponds. She just said pond. I do also want to mention me. this is uh, very, very similar to uh, Brienne's cliffhanger at the end of A Feast for Crows. I think that Stephen Moffat is maybe a fan of A Song of Ice and Fire. 
unbelievable. Do you do you know what I'm referring to? Um, do you not know the sad story about why I haven't finished the Song of Ice and Fire books? It's because I was I was uh, I was I was halfway through Feast for Crows, loving it. Great book, great. Uh, it gets a, unfairly treated by the readers. It's fantastic. Um, and I was riding my bike home on a particularly uh, wind watery sky. Was crying, some might say. <laughs> Crying tears, and it melted my copy of George R. R. Martin. Oh, I think I did know that. And I and books are kind of expensive. I've just never, never bought another copy of it. Oh man, it's it's really good. First of all, yes, I I agree that A Feast for Crows is really really good. Uh, yeah, I won't I won't really get into it, but yes, Brienne has a cliffhanger involving her like saying one word, and we don't know what it is, and we probably never will because George R. R. Martin is what dead. <laughs> He's gonna finish that book. If you're if you're any of our delusional friends, Brooks is going uh, to weekend at Bernie's George R. R. Martin and make him type the rest. I of I can't the- believe people legitimately think he's putting that book out this year when he said like last year he said the book was like two thirds done. <laughs> Fuck off! It's not I do believe out. that he's going to finish it eventually. He'll finish it eventually, but not this year. Your heart books <laughs> I don't, are right. He's a slow I don't writer. Know. I don't know. I do think he'll finish it eventually. Anyway, Whatever. her message anyway. to the doctor is pond, and the pond. doctor's like, um, Oh, we're back with Simeon and his funny big snow globe. I do want to go back to the pond thing. okay. That doesn't mean anything to Clara. It doesn't mean anything to Clara. There is no it, reason it, that she would think that that would be a convincing argument to the doctor. But well, that's why that, I'm like, are the gods with her? Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are the gods with her? Because, I mean, I understand why she said pond, because she knew knew that the governess is in the pond, and maybe that's a maybe she somehow deduced that that's important. So, oh, speaking of deductions, Sam. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I can't believe Stephen Moffat is allowed to write television. I can't believe <laughs> I that he's allowed believe that he anywhere was. near any kind of writing implement. Um, ding dong, ding dong. I, there was a weird, I don't know if it was a problem with HBO of... Max. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> something went really weird with this scene where it just looked like someone, maybe Stephen Moffat, for example, had just like jacked <laughs> off all over it. <laughs> I was my problem. See, I was there was a glitch with HBO Max where the episode hit the forty minute part mark, and then it just plum kept on going, and I didn't really, I don't know if it like played into the next episode for another twenty minutes, but it just really felt like it should have ended. Um, so ding dong, ding dong, funny man. Wait, 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 wait. We I gotta intro him because the snow Uh globe says to Simeon, "There's danger approaching, an intelligence unlike any other in this time or place." And uh, the doctor, the eleventh doctor, comes and dresses in Sherlock Holmes dot costume, <laughs> um, and he comes in, and then he does uh, funny deductions. To be clear, the Moff- the person who like gets the door says, "Sir, Sherlock Holmes is here." So like they do specifically name him Sherlock Holmes, and he walks and in like with making, his hat he's and such. Bad random deductions that are so fucking random. He's like. He's like, ooh, do you have a wife and does she have an apple tree? He literally in her says, I see you have an apple tree on your collar. Shut up. Don't tell me. Your wife has a limp. There's like six shut ups. Shut up, shut up, scene, shut up. By the way. And Simeon's like, 
no, Sherlock Holmes isn't real. Who are you? And then I did like the part where the doctor drops this stupid, stupid act. First of all, I liked it because he dropped it. Uh, but I liked when he runs over to the snow globe and just starts beating the shit out of it with a cane. Did you like, by the way, when he said, takes one to snow one? No, I didn't like that. And you know what I liked even less than that is the part where he turns <laughs> to see me and he goes, did you, did you see what I, uh, anyway. I felt so, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not inside Matt Smith's head. I don't know what he's thinking. You didn't um, go inside of his brain like in the Invisible Enemy with the Fourth Doctor. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Potting Bros. We never, we never got to see what came of that. But like, <laughs> Probably nothing in particular. You know, that Smith seems like a perfectly fine fine guy. I'm sure he's a professional actor to work with. I just, man, I felt bad for him in this scene. I'm sure he's making he's making money. He's going to go home and watch some football after this. I don't think he enjoyed doing any of this. At the, I think he probably was very excited to play the doctor at first, and then probably maybe it wore out its welcome. I don't know. I, I mean, he was he, the doctor for a long time. I can't imagine. He, do you think he was having fun here? I don't know. Do you think maybe. he liked this? I hope so. I, I, guess I, I, I would hope that fun. he was having fun. I, hope I feel so. like anyway. I feel like if if this doctor was played by a man who wasn't having fun with it, I think we would be able to oh, tell. God. Oh god! Anyway, yeah, he's just if he was being... like takes one to snow one, and then he starts throwing up on the floor. <laughs> he's uh he's being funny and quirky and random and doing random funny things. He locks the door with his sonic screwdriver. Whatever, that's um, that's fine. I don't yeah, care about whatever. that one. No, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying what he does. Because <laughs> like, Whenever oh, one of us says something he does with a sonic, sonic screwdriver, screwdriver, I just feel like it's it's immediately a question of, did we hate it? Are we, are we okay with that? Um, and then he's and then he is like reading through. Oh, the thing I remember what I was going to say. Uh, any of our UK based uh, listeners of Doctor Who, Doctor Ha, I mean, somebody please tell us. Is it a thing in the UK that people just constantly use the word clever? Or is this just a Doctor Who thing that people on Doctor Who are constantly going on about the Doctor's cleverness? Or is that just like a word that people use a lot well, in, your, uh, in your funny country? If you look at my notes, you will see that I literally described something he did as clever. They just are always saying, oh, you're clever. Oh, clever little nanomachines. Oh, clever, clever, clever. <laughs> He's always saying it. And once you notice it, once you notice it, it's like when, it's like on how on the critically acclaimed show, The Secret Life of the American Teenager, once you notice that Ricky fucking says every single line twice in a row. Um, he says everything twice. You never stop noticing it. You never stop noticing it. You're not going to stop You're noticing gonna it. You're going to stop noticing it. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, God. So he. He starts, like, trying to work out what the hell the snow globe is doing. And he says, well, you clearly want to conquer the world, and your snowmen that you're creating will never be able to do that when it's warm. I do want to say at this point, I know that we saw the snowmen eating people at the start of the episode. They have literally not done anything since then. Like, the Doctor hasn't seen them attack or harm anyone. Clara hasn't here's been my, attacked by the snowmen. Question. They literally just saw them and were like, oh, no! Here's my question. Okay, because the thing is like, oh, you would eat human DNA. Because the snowmen would never be able to conquer the world if it's warm. So you need to take human form. And one thing you gotta know is that one thing that doesn't melt is ice. But that's that's the thing, though. They're not trying to become ice people. They're trying to become people. And the way that they need to do that requires them to get a sample of human DNA that is frozen into ice. 
If only we knew. Because as we know, when someone is, like, frozen to death, their DNA becomes water. It becomes but made we saw, of water. we saw, like, we saw at the very beginning of the episode, Dr. Simeon using his snowman to kill, like, a thousand dudes. Is it really that hard to find a dead body? That's in ice. Couldn't you make one really easily but I think with your army thing of snowmen? The, the, this is what I was saying earlier. I think that the reason that this body is valuable to them is because the, the memory snow ice has had its shape forced into, for a full year, the form of an ice lady. Also, it's important because pond. Oh, God. Sorry, Jordan. I feel like I feel like I I sprang a leak in the middle of that sentence. I feel like my brain just <laughs> fell out. Uh, it's really embarrassing when you understand it. You try so that. hard to go with this stuff, and then you just get to a point where you're like, "What the fuck am I saying?" Yeah, that's why I usually just kind of sit here and and rib and perform color commentary. I try. I try so hard. About. I feel like someone's gotta. I cut my teeth on this show, and I was watching it when I was thirteen years old. Ouch. I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to ow. Um, okay. <laughs> then, then uh, <laughs> this is when the doctor finally puts two and two together that there's a dead governess in the pond, and he goes, "Oh man, it's in a newspaper clipping." Yes, okay. This is the thing that pond. I wanted to say. I thought this was clever, and I don't know if this is like a classic Sherlock trick or something. I've never seen it before, but the trick that he uses is he grabs Simeon's notebook off the table. And he tosses it into the air and lets it fall to any random page. And the idea is that the page that he spends the most time on is where the spine is going to naturally open on. I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that works. I don't know if that's original. But I did think it was conceptually clever either way. Clever, 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 clever. clever. And he he sees a newspaper clipping that's like, governess frozen in pond. House owner Captain Latimer says that's fine. It'll stay there until it until I until it's good. So he he just escapes. He just vanishes and he return. He goes to the pond and he realizes what Clara was trying to tell him with the message. And then oh, and then Strax appears and he says grenades. Would, could, could, dude, I thought you might want some grenades. I, I mean help. <laughs> and uh, the doctor, the he's hack. like. I'm not trying to help. I'm not investigating. I'm just... I, I I would never do that. And then Clara, like, sees him through the window and is like, Come on in, Doctor! And he, he turns he turns away and he's like, Just just tell her, just tell her you're leaving. Tell her that you're not going up there. And then he turns around and he gives her a thumbs up and he's like, Blasted thumb! Why? Um, we go upstairs with Clara. Um... And this scene sucks. <laughs> the kids are like, time for a bedtime story. And then she, the two that we learn about are that she was born inside Big Ben. Yes, th- these are these are Clara's these classic stories. stories that she tells the kids. And to the kids' credit, they, they know that she's making shit up. Born inside Big Ben and invented fish. <laughs> Laser monkeys. Funny. Because you know that, Sam, you know what I think of when I hear these? If the doc- the doctor would have said, like, this is like the time I invented fish. Eh, Lois, this is like the time <laughs> I invented fish. Uh-huh. I haven't been this, I haven't been this sad since I was born in Big Ben. 
<laughs> um, Great. but, but, uh, but Clara says it and she, I mean, she's really on the level. Um, and then, uh, she says, good night. No bad dreams will come to you. And because then the she, ice she says, yeah. I have a friend, mm-hmm. a doctor who's coming to stop your bad dreams. And then the door creaks open and she's like, <laughs> the doctor's here right now. Surely that's not the ice governess. The ice governess evil Mary Poppins. And then she's, and then she, uh, she drops her accent. She, me and she says the C word too. <laughs> she sees the ice governess and goes, Oi, Mr. Yumi, dad. <laughs> um, and then Digby's like, Why are you using your secrets? Well, you're not really poor, are you? Uh, so they run away, and this is the part where Clara is like, Francesca, you have to imagine her melting. And Francesca goes, I can't. I can't, it won't work. And I, then I, the, no. doctor, the doctor is in their puppetorium doing a little Oh my god, show. because yeah, they're like, where's the doctor that you mentioned? And doctor, doctor. You can't do it three times in one episode. You can't do it th- one time. You can do it maybe one time. You can do it series. one time every five seasons. Yeah, <laughs> and that one sucks. But then he like he's got a little puppet with the sonic screwdriver, and he uses it to to kill the ice woman with the yeah, sonic he pushes, screwdriver. Now, oh, you know what though? No, he does. He does say to Clara, he's like new antifreeze setting. So I'm like, okay, at least they lampshaded it. That's better than nothing. And then and then Simeon activates. A pole, like a pole, like a pole with a thing on it. It's so funny because he's literally just turning on like a snow machine to blast and snow like, onto their he's house. He's just like outside of their house behind a wall. But it's like, which I really it's like. like a sci-fi snow machine. <laughs> he's going to take off his mask and he's going to be the master under there. I, I know. God, it. I fucking wish this would have been a good episode. Uh, so the doctor, he's like, don't get the wrong idea. I'm not here to help. I'm here to kill you. And he looks in the mirror and he sees that he's wearing his bow tie, which he hasn't been wearing this whole time. And I what did he say, Sam? And he said, oh, because he's like, huh, I didn't even notice I put that old thing on. And Clara goes, um, it's cooler. And the doctor goes, it is cooler, isn't it? Bow ties are cool. Yeah. Which is so forced because why would she say it's cooler? Not like it's getting getting cold in here or like. Or even just like, <laughs> you can see your breath in here. Wow, scary! She's just bump set spike. Bow ties are cool. And then the ice lady starts getting up, and the oh, doctor no. says, "Oh no, she's learned <laughs> how not to melt." Sam, we're coming up with the worst scene in the history of Doctor Who in a second. Yay! Uh, so they run down the stairs, and Latimer's like, "Who's this man?" And he's like. I am I am Clara's gentleman friend, and he's like, and we're you were k- 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 kissing her. Also, who's Clara? What do they think her name is? Doesn't matter. I don't know why her name couldn't just be Clara. Clara Montague. Well, I'm going on to Guardian.com. I miss the olden days where your name was assigned by the council, <laughs> and. In a world, in a world where your first name determines then your cast. We get a really horrible line that made me so angry, because again, this show is just so proud of itself. It's so like, mm-hmm. look at me! Because the maid runs in, and she she runs to the front door and opens it, because she's like, oh, this, we're surrounded by snowmen, what's going on? She opens the door, and Vastra and Jenny are standing there, and Vastra says... 
Good evening. I'm a lizard woman from the dawn of time, and this is my wife. And then Captain Latimer, so shocked, his Victorian values are so rocked to their core, he dies on the spot. Why would you, you introduce it? yourself that way, Madame Vastra? Because, because he says, because what if they did the scene again, but like from his perspective? Oh, and this is your friend? No. <laughs> this is my wife. Oh, Jesus. Oh, hey, Josh. <laughs> um, And then... uh. Let's see. What? 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 Oh, she God. she screams and passes out when she sees Strax and Latimer. His response oh, to maid? all this shit is, is he the goes, maid who, "Who's yeah? The you maid have a boyfriend." Um, and then <laughs> Jenny hucks a bubble shield grenade from Halo ODST up the stairs. Yeah, and it's it's just holding back the Ice Woman for like uh, the next five minutes. Whatever. Uh, this is when Strax gets uh, his extra brain cells unlocked. Yeah, because he's he's like, "Don't worry, they're not going to attack us. They're all in a they're clearly in a defensive formation, and they they gave up the element of surprise, which they would only do if they were trying to to trap us in here and not to attack us." And the doctor's like, "That's my big combat boy," and like kisses him on the big egg head. Egg head. He does kiss his big egg egg head. Something that neither like of us when, can say. Apparently, it's like when it's like when Homer Simpson is kissing Mole Man. He's like, "Ooh, he's, he, he, it's like, like kissing, kissing a psychotic dog. potato dwarf." Ooh, wibbly, wibbly. Um, don't they just run past the the ice woman? This was the part where I really was like in shock when they're like, "They must be here to retrieve the frozen governess who climbed out of the pond tonight." And I was like, "Wait." She's been in Wait, there the whole time. the corpse was actually in there? <laughs> they this never little, removed her body from the pond for a dig, whole year? Little Digby just, like, writing in his journal every day how the state of the decomposition of their whole governance like, he drowned I, in the pond. I wanted to be like, no, that can't be it. It must just be that Francesca's thoughts formed it into the body of or the, like the, but the, no because they, they specifically the de- said no, that, or no, is this just been there or is the idea and i know that i'm about to say this and then my i'm gonna get brain damage i'm be, gonna get a concussion from meeting, thinking about you're it you're meeting steven on his level but yes. is the idea oh god i'm gonna be sick it got the dna and even after they took the body out it was like just no you idiot is oh. the idea that because francesca is forcing the ice into the form of the governess that when he said there is ice DNA, literally, on a molecular level, the frozen ice governess is human in every way, just made of ice. Oh, because that's... <sighs> I kind of think that maybe they got a taste of the governess's DNA when she fell in the pond, true story. <laughs> the governess died in my pond, to do the rest of the episode without me. Okay, uh, let me t- well, let me tell you what happens next. The doctor's like, okay, I need to go to the roof to save the day. Um, and oh then no, my brain says, is even bad now. It's worse than it even got badder. Clara, you wait here. Don't epic follow me, epic, epic. And then she does, um... and then it's so cool. And then, <laughs> and then... They they climb out on the roof and her bustle gets stuck and she and no, I thought there was uh, gonna uh, be uh uh you skip the part where she kisses him no 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 she she gets stuck in the door she gets stuck in the window first doesn't she nope. oh okay because she because him. the doctor is like you all stay in this room and don't blah 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 
don't don't come after me right. he walks into the she hallway forcibly... and she follows him immediately because she well she doesn't listen to him epic she's not like other and girls she and she kisses him kisses him and she's epic and he's like shut up he he tells her to shut up after she kisses him which is fun and then she says you're you're well because she says you're you're blushing you liked that i forcibly kissed you and then he says shut up yeah because he, he did yeah and then so simeon uh, says you have five minutes to hand over the ice lady you son of a bitch what is hand over? What's hand over? Give him the ice lady. But she they're not holding her. She's, She's trapped in, in a there. bubble shield. Okay, whatever. They, they and then they release the her from shield. a bubble shield. <laughs> they f- they literally run right past her up the stairs, and then but Clara is grabbing because remember Clara's the coolest. Oh yeah, he's like lady. now go back to the room, Clara, and she follows him, and he's like but but but, but I didn't think. And then she drags him upstairs, and you wait 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 wait. I'm the wait, one who I'm drags one who people around. That. And then okay, this is the worst scene in the episode. Somehow they get first. She gets stuck in the this window, and then. <sighs> She, he, the doctor pulls her out and then she falls on top of them. Like, and then, and then the because doctor. Because she got stuck because of her big, big wide dress. dress. And the doctor says, you got to take your clothes off. <laughs> and they <laughs> have mean, this relentless, like, like, quick back and forth where he's like, you need to take your clothes off. Oh, uh, I didn't mean, I know. It's just that but I like, understand. Good. Well then, now what's the plan? Who said I've got a plan? Of course you've got a plan. Well, why, why don't you like, tell well, me? So okay, well, why don't why? you tell me? No, you tell me. And then she's like, I can fi- I can guess your plan. Most people would want to run downstairs out of the house, but you wanted to go up on the roof. Also, There's it's something very that important that he brought an umbrella with him. Uh. Right, and you've got an umbrella, and why would you need that? Well, what if there's something we need to do? We gotta do this! And then she reaches the umbrella up and pulls it down the ladder from the invisible staircase. And they climb up, and, and he oh, says... Sam. You're, you know, Clara, you're very interesting. What's with that? And she goes, I'll never tell. Okay, now it's time for the thing that the, maybe one of the worst things that anyone's There's ever another, said I know you're excited either. for this, but he, mm-hmm. she sees the TARDIS and she's like, is something, something, your box that you keep up on the clouds? And he's like, oh, please, the TARDIS is no more a box than you are a governess. I'm, again, I'm just like they keep gesturing at the idea she that is she is a governess, has some That's big secret identity, but the, but she doesn't. We literally see her governessing all the fucking as time. As far anyway. as I can tell, her big secret is that she's working class and she has pretended that she isn't so she can have a middle class job. Okay, here's the worst thing that I ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, they go in the TARDIS, and the doctor, and you know when that, anytime a new, uh, new person goes to the TARDIS for the first time, they, 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 they see it and they go, what? And then they go outside the TARDIS and they go, huh? And then they go back inside and they say, huh? Uh, so she goes in and he turns on all the lights and it doesn't look, it looks, uh, better than Jodie Whittaker's TARDIS, but worse than, than David Tennant and Christopher Eccleston's TARDIS. Um, and then he says, all right, say, say it, say it, say it. And she runs around, she goes outside, and she comes in, and then she <laughs> she says it's smaller on the outside. And he goes, okay, that's a first. She's, with with her- She's so with her, different. From her unique, is this like Kyle wife, from her unique perspective, <laughs> you will see the world. And then she says, is there a kitchen? Because I like to make souffles. Okay, first of all- that is a very is dumb a, fucking line. Why wouldn't she just say, like, so because random. I like to bake? But we will find out later, or if we were watching this normal style, we already would know. 
the souffle is very specifically important, and he has a little moment where he's like, souffle? did you just say souffles? And he's and like, then... why did you follow me anyway? And she's like, why did I follow you? You're the one who brought an umbrella so I could reach the ladder. And he and she says, why did you want me to come with you? And he says, I don't know why, only who. And he oh shows God. her a key, and he gives oh her the God. key. Oh my God, I also need to, I need to mention... I don't know why I have a note here that literally just says this episode is annoying as fuck. I don't even know what I was talking about. No, there. it was when the doctor like sentimentally gives her the key to probably the TARDIS and will you marry me? <laughs> gave her a key to my apartment. Oh gosh, we just met. <laughs> uh, we didn't mention, or uh, did you mention the 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 cloud thing? He uses his sonic screwdriver to like thicken the cloud and he's oh, like right. she also, can't get us now right the, we i've didn't thickened the, fact the water that, vapor <laughs> we didn't mention the fact that the governess chased them up the big tall uh staircase either yeah we also haven't mentioned that the governess keeps saying stuff to them like just so that's the way so for whatever that's worth which is nothing <laughs> Anyways, uh, he gets down on one knee and gives her a key and then uh, he says i'm giving in and i'm pretty sure she started crying She's so excited to be on the Doctor. And he says, remember this, because this is the day everything begins. So, uh, the Doctor just kind of forgot about the Ice Lady. Because the Ice Lady drags Clara out of the TARDIS, off of the cloud, and then she falls- By the way, um, hold on. The number of times that it's been made very clear to us that they always close the TARDIS doors because nothing can get into the TARDIS. Not even the hordes of Genghis Khan can break through those doors. But he kind of forgot about the ice governess that was outside there five seconds And also, he wasn't looking, so he didn't see her stomping towards the TARDIS. And he he has a realization as the ice governess is dragging Clara out. He's like... Oh, stupid me. I should have known that water vapor couldn't block an ice person. Uh, I don't know about that. What? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what is the logic of uh, that? Clara falls from the sky and she hits the ground and she dies. Uh, oh yeah, Clara's dead. Clara's dead. Good. Great. I'm happy. And you know what I like about this? Finally. Is that they didn't earlier in the episode establish that life and death stakes mean nothing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Wait extracts- a minute. Strax comes out and he says, I've got this the machine the... that makes you not die. This is the worst shit because the doctor like materializes the TARDIS around Clara's corpse and brings her inside and Strax like examines her body and tells the others, your puny human minds can't possibly understand what our technology is capable of, which Stephen Moffat is also saying to me, the viewer, trust me, yeah. it works. Okay, we can bring um, her back to life. Shut up. Shut up. Uh, for the rest of the episode, Clara is on a table in, like, the parlor, and the whole family, and the maid, and the butler, and the everybody, and Val- Velstrat, and Vastra, and Jenny, who's her best friend, her gal pal, and Strax are all there being sad about how Clara's dead, and please let her live. There's also a part, by the way, there's also a part where Vastra implies that the Doctor can make some kind of pact with the universe itself. Some kind of yeah. Some between kind of deal. this and the like, maybe the gods will be on your side, Clara. I'm really concerned about this very strange sort of like. No, God is real, and he's like friends with the Doctor. 
Well, the, he was really happy that the doctor killed the devil for him. Thanks for that. Thank you for throwing Satan into a black hole. <laughs> it was really easy. I wish someone had... If I, were, if I were God, I simply would have broken those jars a long time ago. I did like that episode. Uh, so... Yeah, the doctor is like in the TARDIS, like scanning chunks of Ice Lady, and and Vastra's like, "Aren't you scared of them?" And he's like, "No, they can't reform in the TARDIS." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And he says, "Clara will be fine. She has to be. She's going to live. I know it." And then he goes and looks at Clara, and she's talking. Her eyes are open, and she's alive. Yeah, but she's going. So you know she's like dying. And Come he's closer. like, you're going to be fine, Clara. And he gives her the key from a minute ago. And she's like, is it true, Doctor, that you used to be a saver of worlds? Will you save this one, too? And he's like, if I do, will you come with me? And she says, yes, Doctor, of course. And he goes outside and he confronts Simeon. And he has Ice Lady Chunks in a London Underground lunchbox. And I... You made a point that you think that the snow globe thing is going to come up in future so episodes. So is the uh, underground for sure. I I think that the London underground oh, thing is going which, to matter. The uh, the doctor is a Mondo conservative because uh, he hates the London underground. He says it's a, <laughs> he's like he says it's like the biggest weak point in a city. So he tells Simeon like I will conf- we will have a, a face off at your office at the face office and. Vastra asks the doctor in the TARDIS, why have you decided to save the world again? And he says, because it's my fault Clara died. And this is the only reason I care about you apes. He's making more Terry Green acting. Maybe sometimes the only thing that we really need is to find the strength to start again. So he goes to he goes to Simeon's uh, gastrointestinal office um, because it's then, the GI Institute. It's the GI. That's all. Um, and then he, uh, oh my god, he shows he shows Terry Green the lunchbox, um, and he says that the London Underground is a key strategic weakness. Yeah, I only he, wrote that down in my notes because they bring it up later, which makes me concerned and then for he what's going to happen in future no, He makes no fucking sense with what we saw earlier in the episode where he turns off the big scary voice's big scary voice, and it's just the voice of the little boy who is Yes, and he's Dr. like, Simeon you see, oh my god, I have to but read when all we of this. Heard, so. But when we saw it earlier, it was talking in Ian McKellen's scary voice. Yes, which doesn't make sense. He says, though, that... The true voice of the intelligence is Simeon's child self. And he says, the the snow just reflected back your feelings. You felt like you didn't need friends and the snow agreed with you and told you you were right. And I think that Stephen Moffat needs to be given an award where he gets kicked <laughs> in the dick for writing this speech. Have I ever told you my idea? I post about it in the Discord a lot. Um, it's a It's a button. You can pay $10 a month. <laughs> to and hurt someone's bu- balls. To hurt someone's balls once a day. <laughs> I would be mashing it for Stephen Moffat. He would this not know why his balls shit. so bad. It's written, much like Clara is written in this episode, where as if like everything she says and does is so impressive, this speech has the weight of like, whoa, the thematic significance of this. This is so dramatically satisfying. But everything he's saying is complete horseshit that means nothing. And here's what he says, and I quote. (laughs) Snow doesn't talk, does it? It's just a mirror. 
It just reflects back everything we think, feel, and fear. You poured your darkest dreams into a snowman, and look! Look what it became! Carnivorous snow meets Victorian values, and something terrible is born. This is, once again, I cannot decide, I still am convinced that he's taking a jab at Dr. Simeon for being homophobic. He's saying all of this like like it's a metaphor and that it's like themes and that we and don't it's know like a oh thing i see what Dr. the snow Simeon. represents we don't know but he's literally is. everything he's saying here is like no snow doesn't talk but this snow it absorbs your thoughts and the snow became evil because you were a bad child like is this supposed to be the fucking <laughs> the moment from Ratatouille where Anton Ego like reflects on his childhood and he thinks back, to, like what what am I supposed to take away from the guy who five minutes ago was feeding workers to his evil snowmen? It's also weird to have the reveal in the end be that this incredibly evil being is the mind of just the mind some of a fucked kid. up kid, the mind just of a evil kid boy. who like wasn't good at making friends. This is like not to mention the dreadful and rotten property of Harry Potter, but this is like the reveal that Voldemort was just a serial killer when I he was, was a little kid. I was th- he was born evil. He was he born was just evil. Born a fucked up kid. They should have they should have killed him. I also we haven't mentioned uh the actor who plays uh, Dr. Simeon in this episode, Richard E. Grant. He's he's an actor. He's good. Yeah, he's probably good in other things. He was good in he this. Didn't do any, he I didn't thought he was do good in this. He didn't do anything. I, I know, but he, I, I, I liked his weird, like, cold, menacing vibe. I mean, he definitely. It would have been good, great used for a different character. Say, he definitely had a good like face for this part. I uh, just yeah. wish he like said words or did words or did anything. Yeah, I don't um, know. I, unfortunately, he, he, it's weird doctor, because there's this bizarre divide between like Doctor Simeon, who is like barely a character despite being the main villain, and then also the real, the true villain, the puppeteer, is basically his childhood brain. Well, he's so single. he's um, he's the villain twice, but the real villain makes no sense. Well, I have good news for you, Sam, and it's that the Doctor has an ace up his sleeve in a game of blackjack, Harkness, uh, which is that inside God, the lunch again. The inside the lunchbox is the memory worm. Oh my God! It wasn't the ice chunks, and, and Simeon opens the lunchbox, and the memory <laughs> bites worm him. bites him. And hey, wh- 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 what wait happens? a minute. I remember when I I heard what the memory worm does. His life. So they just erased this guy's decades, by which I mean they're resetting him back to a child to starve. I think they basically say that they destroyed his mind. Yeah, the doctor basically killed this guy. Um, What else is new? Yeah. But, I mean, his mind is so destroyed that, well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on that little plot development. But, so he says to the intelligence, he's like... You are mirroring this mind, and without this mind, you will cease to be, but it doesn't. And the doctor's oh, like, what? Real quick, I want to give you some supplementary information uh, that's okay. going to be useful. Uh, it's going to be useful later. Um, this is uh, from a website called Wikipedia, um, mm. 19th century London. Let me read what it says here. During the 19th century, London was transformed into the world's largest city and the capital of the British Empire. The population rose from over 1 million in 1801. To 5.567 million in 1891. Uh, and then it says by the 1860s, it was larger by one quarter than the world's second most populous city, Beijing. Uh, so 5.567 million people living in the city. That will just come up later. Go on. Hmm. Okay. I, I honest to God, don't know what you're getting at. So. Yeah. 
I look forward to you explaining that to me. But mm-hmm. so yeah, the intelligence, despite losing Simeon's mind, it's it persists. Now he's and, got a body. And the doctor's like, what the what 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 the heck? <laughs> he becomes then, King Bedtime. How can you still exist? And and the intelligence says, The dream has outlived the dreamer. And then it literally starts puppeting Simeon's. He, let me corpse. just for the da, 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 da. he becomes And he says, You erasing him created space for me to take over his body. He he becomes he becomes an ice man, he becomes icy and cold, and then he grabs the doctor. Just for anyone literally- who doesn't know what Jordan just said. He becomes a White Walker. He becomes a White Walker. You he said he becomes a nice man, and I know what you no, were I saying. No, I said he becomes an Ice Man. Oh. I said he becomes an Ice Man. I thought you were referencing the Nice Watch from Pigot. No, no, I said he became an Ice Man because he's all I cold. I literally thought you said he becomes he a nice man. Grabs. He's not nice because he grabs the doctor and he literally says, Winter is coming, period. Winter is coming. You know, I don't think that you can say that once. He said, but the, I think they said it three times this episode, much like my, how they also said Doctor Who three times. Putting this on episode. my newscaster voice, and it was reported at the scene that the Iceman did say, "Winter is coming. Winter is coming." In other news, he also family- is like touching the Doctor's face and like freezing it purple, which has never come up before with any of this. But there you go. In other news, uh, family crying on Christmas Eve. It's more likely than you think. Here in this Greater is what's London, weird is I was surprised because I expected, you know, the the New Year's episode that I watched five times, which I really really liked. Loved it. That one was like a hokey New Year's episode, and I loved it. And I was yeah, expecting Christmas- this to be a hokey Christmas episode. No, the Christmas specials aren't always because Sam, the one of the Christmas specials was fucking Legend of the Sea Devils. Merry Christmas. That wasn't a Christmas special. Was that, that a aired New in Year's April? Special? Oh, huh. I don't think all the yeah. I don't think all the Christmas. No, specials Eve of the Daleks right. was the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. They're not always Christmassy though. Well, this one is set on Christmas Eve. For, well, yes, but they're not like... Anyway, I just, I thought, I, well, I, I don't have the context for that. I thought it was going to be like a hokey Christmas special, and it wasn't, except for this part, which kind of is, but still not really. Uh, Clara is dying because the, the bring you back to life machine doesn't work, and she tells Captain Latimer to comfort his children, and he says, but it's not really my area, and she starts crying. Which is very important. Okay, this because, is what I was saying. Because uh-huh. back in the evil lab, the snow globe turns to water, and it starts. All the snow clears up. Oh, by the way, there's a scene when he turns to the he turns into a nice man, um, and uh, and he uh, he. Do you see a snow a snowflake fly by in front of the camera, and it's got an evil grin with evil teeth on it? Did I you didn't see that? catch that. <laughs> it's great. You like That's flies epic. through the evil mouth. Anyway, it starts raining. I I I, mm-hmm. I just want to say very quickly about the effect because we've ta- we talked about the snow globe, oh, which is God, like a I big ball of snow that's like blasting snow into the air. Right. I thought the effect of the snow in the globe turning to rain. I thought it was pretty cool. It was all right. I thought I thought it looked kind of cool. And then he goes. Yeah, Simeon. Simeon double dies. Okay, so the reason, so the reason this happens is because the snow feeds on emotion and feeds on thoughts. And what is more powerful than the grief of a family crying? Yes, on because Christmas you didn't mention Eve, that he runs to the door and it's and raining outside. Taste- 
and he and Vastra, who I don't think, who I is think we literally didn't mention Vastra, that she's here. Yeah, we did mention she's here. She she pulls out she a cool do sword. She pulls out a cool sword and immediately gets sideswiped by an old man. So I she guess she got a sword sucks. that she didn't use. Uh, but they yeah, they like the, taste yeah, the they rain taste and they're like tears. Why it's salty? So yeah, so a family crying on Christmas Eve is the most powerful. So 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 five so five million people I, in London. Okay, and- I see where you're going with this. I I hate to do this, but they did specifically say all of the memory snow is concentrated around the ladder. Oh, house. cool. Very cool. Okay, sure, sure, Stephen. Okay, sure. All right, all right. I'm losing IQ. Every minute, I, I'm glad that episode. you're defending Steve. I'm glad that you're the number one defender of Steven's big fat. Sack I'm just of shit. saying this episode was really good. <laughs> it's really, really a plus, better than the Doctor dances. Oh fuck that episode! A terrible episode. Uh, Who so wrote that ba- shit? They go back to they go back to Clara's deathbed where she promptly dies, but the Doctor like kisses her on the hand and kisses her on the head, and he's like, "We saved the world today." And oh. <laughs> oh, her line here. Oh, her line here. As she dies. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my my notes are psychotic. As she dies, she says, "Run. Run you clever boy and remember." And then what I wrote after that is the clock strikes midnight. It's Christmas. Yahoo! It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Open up the presents. Clara's yeah, all dead. the Latimers start cheering. <laughs> they run into the Whee! other room to open presents. <laughs> Daddy, put, can we open up presents? They, they put Clara in the pond. <laughs> well, we don't. We won't be needing this anymore. <laughs> uh, and then uh, this is when the doc. They're at Clara's funeral. And the doctor. Yeah, she died. Gra- She's dead. She's dead. The doctor. Like, the, gr- the greater intelligence is going to be hey, up wait a somewhere too. This is a whole time. season before Robot of Sherwood. What? What? How is Clara still alive? Oh man! Damn it! I wanted her to be dead. And then this is when, or he- at least likable. This is when the doctor's like pondering the thing because greater intelligence comes. Pondering. Back. And, and also, they also mentioned the uh, the underground. How he said the under, underground. Yes, is weakness, yes. He says, "I later. based on literally nothing." He says, "I believe the intelligence is still out there somehow, somehow, somehow. I don't know." Uh, and Vastra's like, huh, "Well, that in te- that so called intelligence thinks that snowmen are are." terrifying warriors and the london underground is a key strategic weakness so how intelligent oh can it was he be? tricking them oh okay uh and then he he flashes back to a previous episode that we have not seen where they're on the starship alaska and they meet because he sees the gravestone and they, he didn't know her full name i guess which was clara oswin oswald montague the third esquire <laughs> and she says D'Souza. i'm I'm Os I'm Oswin Oswald, junior entertainment manager. I love making souffles every day on this yeah, ship. Yeah, he's having all these flashbacks. We basically what we learn here is that he encountered only the voice. He didn't see who this was, but in some reason for some whatever there are he, multiple Claras, apparently. He was talking to a a girl who called herself Oswin Oswald, and she talked about liking to make souffles. There were Daleks involved. And she died, and, she and said, her last words were, boy. run, you clever boy, and remember. And he's so like... So is there, like, 
are there like multiple Claras trying to like become the companion through time or something? Like, fucking, I don't. I is cannot that her plan? even guess what she, the hell this is supposed to be. She's just like, I'm going to become the companion by tricking he the doctor. Runs off. He may as well be clicking his heels as he runns. <laughs> Woohoo! And I'm he's like, fuck. something, something amazing is going on. There's something remarkable about her. <laughs> something extraordinary sounds delicious. I must and follow he, my nose. <laughs> start, he's getting all excited. He runs to the TARDIS. He's like, I'm going to go find Clara. And Vastra says, perhaps the universe makes bargains after what all. Bargain? And we go, what bargain? What was lost in this? I guess the other Clara? The, anyway, uh, Clara, we now see Clara. This must be the Clara that we know who's like a teacher who does Taekwondo. Yes, I, I think this is the Clara that we meet, that we that we first met in Robot of Sherwood. She's like cutting through the cemetery with her friend. She stops next to her own gravestone and doesn't seem to have any opinion about someone having the same name as her. And, and this is what I can't tell. Does she know that... Who She's like cares? magic special time lady. I don't know. Also, she has an eye patch. What's up with that? Just kidding. Uh, and her uh. friend's like, Clara, come on, it's scary. And Clara turns and looks at the camera and smirks like Arya Stark and says, I don't believe in ghosts. And then we cut to the TARDIS and the doctor's last line of the episode that made me throw up was Clara Oswin Oswald. Watch me run. Now watch me run. Watch me, Nene. I just, Sorry. this again this feels like a self-insert fanfic where it's like the doctor has met his match it's me it's called like it would be called like of souffles and bow ties uh anyways uh what sam can you do can you do me a favor I can give it a D. I I will reiterate i do think what in my opinion once upon a time once upon time is worse because in Once Upon Time, there was almost, there was basically nothing that I thought was remotely good. There are a few stray things here that I did kind of like, so I do have to give it a respectable D. Can you tell me what, that's what the doctor wants to give Clara. Um, can you please do me a favor and tell me what uh, score I gave Once Upon Time? <laughs> uh, you gave it a, we both gave it a D minus. Okay, this one gets an F. This is the worst episode. This is maybe one of the worst times I've ever had watching a television show outside of Secret Life of the American Teenager. Um, this episode was shit. It sucked. Write that down. There we go. It wasn't, it wasn't funny. It was miserable. It was Stephen Moffat, like, waving, like, hey, look, women can be married. Am I right, boys? Is that I know, shocking? Stephen! And then Clara... I, I said this on Discord. Credit to Chris Chibnall, because when the men kissed in Praxius... There was no, like, applause about it. It was just a... It wasn't... Um, the show wasn't, like, smug about it. Moment, it wasn't like, was I bet you can't believe people. that we're doing... I was like, oh, that's cool. I just want to, like... I just want to enjoy a show about people on a spaceship. <laughs> Is that really too much to ask? Yes, apparently. Like, not only was this episode shit, Sam. give anything for a Whitaker episode right about now. Not only was this episode shit, Sam, it redefined our entire podcast, because now this is what I'm scared of. This is what I don't want to get. Whitaker, Any Clara episode ever again. Any Clara episode ever. There's no way, there's no way that this is not going to be, like, our new, our new disaster. God, we've watched seven 13th Doctor episodes. That is ridiculous. All right, well, uh, let's... 
What do you, here's here's here uh, first of all, do you have a cool time moment? I'm still trying to get that oh, one going. Um uh yeah, I I I would say that I thought the my favorite thing in the episode was just the visuals of the snow globe. I liked uh Ian McKellen. I liked yeah, to hear I think his the snow voice. Globe was cool. I think I think the part where the snow globe turns to a rain globe was kind of neat, I guess. Yeah. Um so that's probably it. Oh, you're stealing! You're stealing mine. That when I said it at the time, you were kind of lightly pushing back on it because you didn't think it was that good. I was on Wikipedia trying to get numbers okay. and statistics <laughs> for something that I soundly put out of my favorite your part mind. of this episode is is how uh, much you liked the plot of it and how much you understood it. I love this um, episode. I thought it was it, really good. something else I'd like to do. It, it, it's called the Time Lord Shuffle. <laughs> Which uh, who do you want next week? Um, pick a doctor. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling Bill Potts and Peter Capaldi next week. No, I want a tenant and I want it to be Russell Davies era. I mean, if it's tenant, it is Russell, Russell Davies era. Oh, oh, right. That's right. Uh, uh, Moffat took over for actually, you know what? No, fuck it. We need the nation is demanding. I, every day I wake up, every day I wake up and I get emails and they say, when are you boys going to be watching an episode with Donna Noble in it? And it's, they're rare, very rare. Uh huh. Uh, but I want to see Donna. Give me Donna. I'd love to meet Donna. Also, I, uh, there was no next time on, but the next episode is called the bells of St. John. I assume it follows immediately up on this one. I'm going to push the button, Jordan. Can you see Uh, it? No, 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 no. Let me pull it, put on your screen. I'm shaking. On. My finger is shaking over the no, button. No, hold on. Let me look. It's only... <laughs> I see it. Okay. Uh, press. Press it. Push it. Ooh. The, hey, the Christmas hey. Invasion with David Tennant. Christmas Invasion with David Tennant. What episode is that? Is this like I the I assume we got Rose. Yeah, we got Rose. The pilot? I see some sort of robot Santa. Christmas Invasion with Rose. I don't... I don't remember this one. Mickey's in it. This one is we this got, season. We got this Mickey. Is, this is uh, this is the it's like the second season of um, second season. This is oh, the okay. end of uh, series. Oh, oh, is this, this like the first Tenant episode? Oh, it is the oh. first full episode appearance of. Tenet. I don't think we're gonna get the reincarnate or the regeneration because it I says this the, is the no, first no, no. full episode of David. I Tenet. also see the next episode is the one where they go to New Earth, which was referenced in a that was a good episode. I remember that one. Yeah, so this is the beginning of Tenant's run. Uh, okay. I'm trying to find reception. Is it good? Tell me if I like it. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I can't. I can't know, find anything about whether uh, I'll like it. It's uh, you know, it's it's another sixty minute one. I'm so sick of watching. These <laughs> it's another Christmas special. Episodes. What did you expect? I know. All right. Well, you know, I like, I like, I like David Tennant. I like, I like Rose and oh, Jackie's in this one. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's a Jackie episode. Jackie, we're in Jackie, the Jackie era. Jackie, Jackie. That's what. That's Jackie. what. That was. That's what this is called. Wait, what are our eras so far? We have the Jackie era. The Jackie era. We got the backpack era. We have the annoying era with the with the with sub the era sub, of the, cl- the era inside the of it. Cl- is it Cl era or is it the Clara era? Clara it, era. I think it's the I think it's the Clara era Cl-era. because that's the worst name. <laughs> and then the backpack era, and that's it. <laughs> the backpack era, followed by the uh, non-backpack Chibnall era, which is the specials. <laughs> I'm so glad that through sheer brute force, I've managed to force you to adopt saying backpack era. Even though well, the backpack agree. era, as far as I'm concerned, as of right now, is literally <laughs> the episode like... Praxius. I have no evidence that there's anything there were to backpacks. the backpack era beyond no. that one episode. There was backpacks in 
Red oh yeah, Red Scarf Cola. Someone had a backpack. Fair enough. They always have cool, sensible backpacks with a sturdy water bottle. <laughs> Remember in Nikola Tesla when he, when he said, I'm Nikola Tesla, and here's my big sturdy hydro flask. That I, I invented, invented the sturdy water bottle. <laughs> the backpack. All right. I was tarred and feathered for inventing the sturdy water bottle and the sensible backpack. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, let's wrap this shit up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash potting bros. Uh, $1 gets you a mildly special Discord role marking you as a friend of the show. And it gets you all of our bonus content from our previous podcasts and our current bonus content, which is us watching classic Doctor Who. Our episode on the mind of evil with the third Doctor is up now. That was a fun one to talk about, to record, and to watch. And to you listen to it, you'll like it. What are we, what are we watching next time? Uh, it's like the planet of fear planet or death, something with the fourth Doctor. Planet of doom, planet of death, planet of... Something the, scary the place. Of planet of dying. <laughs> the planet of oh no don't go here with the fourth doctor five dollars <laughs> gets you a pretty special discord role marking you as a companion to the show you get a shout out in the podcast <laughs> and you can send us a message that will read in one of our funny funny voices ten dollars gets you all that plus an incredibly special discord role marking you as a an honorary member of house D'Souza, which gets you all those things plus you can listen to the podcast live while we record it and we will clap for you when we <laughs> give the shout outs uh-huh Thank you to our five and ten dollar subscribers: Dan Big Challenges Silva, JCH Roy, Sauceworks, Stephanie B, Stephanie Karen, Tasty Sea Sponge, and thank you to House De Souza, Cassidy, Destry and HK. Woo! Uh, we do have a message. This one's for me. It's a this Donald Duck voice. The bad news is this is a Donald Duck request. <laughs> Can we, if it's a Donald Duck request, can you do, maybe do a Donald Duck read and I'll do like a, I don't know, whatever other voice read just so our listeners understand what the fuck you're trying to say? Well, Chai has specifically requested exterminate in Donald's voice or, and I think we changed this to and, Donald Duck phrase in Dalek voice. So how about I give you a Donald exterminate and you give me a Dalek off perhaps? This looks like a a good spot to find some ingredients, yeah. (laughs) Okay, fine. I'll do my best. Here we go. Ooh. It's getting a little better. It's getting Thank a you. little better. A little better. Not hit Let me try key. to really enunciate one good yeah, clear that. exterminate. You're not getting the N in there. How do you get the N? I, I literally, you, also, I, I honestly you, am not convinced there's any way to do that. How do you modulate? Well, Tony has that better or worse? It. That was worse. How do you modulate the tone? How do you modulate the tone? Because I don't think Donald Duck just talks in monotone. I, I don't know. That's he does the answer. Like, he I don't like know. Up, he goes up full octaves when he does the Donald. Oh, okay. It might be force. <laughs> Ooh, you're learning on the podcast. All right. All now right. I'm professional. At what it. do you want me to say in Donald Duck's voice? Uh, can I, <laughs> I? I would love, I know you said the ingredients I know, from Kingdom I know Hearts. Yeah. I would love a good, clean Dalek Awfui. Awfui! Thank you. And you'll just have to Dalek it up. And thank you, Chai. This looks like a good spot to find some ingredients. Ingredients! Ingredients! Thank you. Hmm.
Sorry, I just really um, wanted to get, get a one in that. Uh, we're on Noise Space, or do you want to do Noise a Space? Uh, great podcast. Oh, we're on, on co-host at Doctor Huh. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on Tumblr at Punish Breakfast. We're also we're on, on Tumblr, Tumblr. at Doctor Huh. Doctor Huh. And we're on oh, Noise I Space. Our, I didn't put our last episode up on Tumblr. I got to do that. They probably think <gasps> we're dead. We're on NoiseSpace.xyz, the podcast network that we're on. Lots of great shows on there. Check out Pod of Greed about Yu-Gi-Oh. Check out uh, Well Cool Robot about Gum Gumdum. Check out Forward Forward ReZero about ReZero. There's an episode up about the OVA, either Memory Snow or Frozen Bond. I can never remember which one is which. I can't believe that they Whichever one they have an episode on, it's the one that sucks. <clears throat> um, is that is that it? Are we good? Well, there's one other thing we need to do. We've learned about deals with the universe, and we've learned about the gods. So I think it's only appropriate, Sam, that we leave our, our, our listeners with a uh, a Christmas doctor who prayer so can you make it a Absolutely. little more christmasy just kidding may your life flow like a clara may your days no. smell sweet as an oswald no may your nights be calm and still as a pond with a dead old lady in it may you be as lucky as a clara in a game of black osmond oswald, oswald. <laughs> may clara the epic girl Smile epically upon this. you. No, not dead, the man, and not Ace. You can't. And take may Clara Osmond Oswald light, light your, your path, path through time. time. Fuck you, Sam. Fuck you, Stephen Moffat. Both of you. Da 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 da. Doctor Bye. Doctor Bye.